Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name's Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. On today's episode, I want to welcome Emma Isaacs. Emma is the founder and global CEO of Business Chicks. She was a business owner by the age of 18, a property investor by 19, and a self-made millionaire by 23. As a founder of Business Chicks, a thriving global community that operates on two continents in 11 cities, her team produces more than 100 events annually, with past speakers including Sir Richard Branson, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kate Hudson, and Ariana Huffington. She's also an author and philanthropist. Just a reminder that the Move Your Mind book is now available globally. You can get it in stores Australia-wide, and the audio book is also now available globally. All of the links are on nickbrax.com. Emma, thank you so much for making time to come on my podcast. I know you're super busy. Uh, haven't met you in person, as most people I haven't, but this is the best thing about the podcast. I get to meet interesting people or have, have interesting conversations. So yeah, thank you. You've, you've done so much, which I'm excited to learn about. Oh, it's awesome being here with you. So thanks for the invite. Really appreciate it. Um, so before we go into it, I normally get the guests to just give a bit of a background on themselves. So do you mind just giving a bit of a background on sort of what you do and how you came to where you are now? Yeah, 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 sure. So I'm Emma Isaacs. Um, I am Australian, originally born and raised in Sydney, Australia. I now live in California in LA, in sunny LA, and I've been here with my family for six years. Um, I'm what I call myself, I, I call myself a career entrepreneur. And what that basically means is that I've never actually worked for anyone else before. So that experience of always having to find my own way and, you know, create opportunities for myself and, um, yeah, I suppose learn on the fly and, and make things up as I go has been a really great, uh, driver for me. And it's obviously shaped all the different experiences that I've had so far. So um, went to university for all of six months and dropped out. After that, it was going far too slowly for me. And I'm sort of one of these people that likes to roll up their sleeves and, you know, learn um, experientially and ask a ton of questions. And I just found myself sitting in the back of that cold lecture thinking this is not going to get me wherever I want to get to, which I had no idea, obviously, back then where that was, but I just knew it wasn't for me. So I quit uni much to my parents' horror, and I actually met someone just out socially at a barbecue and she'd started a little recruitment company and she said to me, what are you up to? And I said, I'm studying HR and business at uni, but I've just, um, you know, thrown in the towel on that. And she said, well, listen, come and have an interview with me and my business partner in this little company we've just started. So long story short, I went to the interview, got the job. Um, about a few months later, a few short months later, I found myself um, in a position where the other director was uh, didn't want to be there anymore. So he left all very amicably. And as he turned around and, you know, sort of shook hands with his now ex-business partner, he said to her, if you're going to offer equity to anyone in this company, you'd offer it to that kid sitting over there. And he pointed at me. So I was 18 at the time. And um, I bought into that little company with some savings that I had 
from doing a waitressing job, you know, throughout my um, throughout high school. And, you know, we really sort of got on our way then. So we were really, really tiny. We grew that business to be about 35 people. Um, we won the SEEK Annual Recruitment Award for three years in a row um, and just built a really beautiful culture and, and team that was based on, you know, seeing people and serving people and, you know, trying to be kind, um, you know, and creative, I suppose, wherever I could be. So that was my first foray into entrepreneurship. So I did that for about seven years. After that, I got uh, what a lot of entrepreneurs might relate to, the seven-year itch. You know, I was like, I think there might be something more out there for me, but that thought was completely terrifying because my whole identity was tied to this recruitment company and was all I'd known. So a friend invited me along to a business chicks event and I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to that. Like that's the worst company name I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I was like, that's, you know, insulting to women and I'm a real entrepreneur and I'm a feminist and I'm not going to that. And she said, listen, you need to get over yourself and you need to come along and experience this thing. So in I walk, it was a, it was a breakfast event. It was, you know, before 7 a.m. The music was pumping and there was a guest speaker up there and I took my notebook ready to take, you know, a bunch of notes about a, you know, serious entrepreneurial story. And this woman who was a guest speaker started taking off, <laughs> this has never happened before at Business Chicks, I've got to tell you, but started taking off her clothes and was playing a guitar. And I'm thinking, what, 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 am I, what am I seeing here? And it was, um, she was a comedian and, and it was just an incredible kind of experience. Um, and I got to meet some amazing people that morning and it was very, very different to any other networking I'd ever done before. And, um, you know, that sort of lit a fire in my belly after that morning. And I went back to my recruitment company and I handed around my credit card and I said, everyone become a member of this organisation. It's amazing. And let's buy three tables at the next event. That event rolled around and that was uh, when I learned that the business was for sale. So I raced up to the lady at the end and said, I, listen, I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never run an event before. I don't know anything about membership organisations, but I feel drawn to this. So um, started talking with them and six months later, I bought that business. And wow. um, yeah, around that time, I exited <laughs> from the recruitment company and started focusing on business chicks full time. So that was 15 years ago. And um, it's been a real labour of love. You know, we started my first ever employee still with me um, 15 years on and we started in a tiny little, you know, my, my apartment, a studio apartment in Sydney. And, um, you know, we started with 250 members and we now reach over half a million women across the globe. Um, you know, pre-COVID, we were doing about 110 live events with guest speakers like um, Sir Bob Geldof, Seth Godin, Sarah Jessica Parker, Gloria Steinem, Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington, Liz Gilbert, I mean, there's been hundreds and hundreds of speakers over the years. Um, we also make revenue through um, obviously membership and through the brands that support and support us and partner with us. And yeah, I mean, I still, I say this to everyone, but I still am as excited about the brand and the business as I was 15 years ago. It's obviously changed a lot, particularly in the last 18 months, but, you know, here I am still, still loving it. And I feel really grateful that I get to do what I get to do because I have a wonderful leadership team and a CEO in Australia who run the business operationally and it sort of gives me the freedom um, to create my other stuff on the side which I'm an author I'm just um, about to release my second book so um, yeah that's a bit about my background I hope that was succinct enough for you but um, yeah I'm 42 I've got six young kiddos um, ranging from 12 down to uh, 15 months so I'm also a busy mother as well. Wow, it's a um a lot to juggle, but it's no, it's um <laughs> super inspiring hearing everything that you've um that you've done and that you're doing, and I think like a big part about it sounds like um you know you follow your gut in terms of like what you've what you've done, which I think is so important for you know anyone to hear because we often 
you know, and, and on this podcast, a big, it's a big part of it that, you know, we often ignore that and let outside noise or our thoughts get in the way. But I think our gut normally tells us, you know, our intuition tells us what we should do. And that, that comes pretty quickly, but we block that with so many other barriers. Uh, would you say, you know, from what you're saying, it sounds like, is that a big thing that you've naturally sort of done, I guess, tapped into that? And do you think that's an important thing to, to, be, uh, to be aware of? Yeah, to be mindful of. Absolutely. I mean, I think we're conditioned to think there's only one form of intelligence and we're conditioned to think that, you know, what we think with our little brains is the right decision and the, and the right move. So we kind of forget to tap into emotionally what feels right and instinctively what feels right. And, you know, that that's that's natural. We all grow up in constructs of um, self-beliefs and stories that we, we tell ourselves. So, um, you know, a lot of my... I suppose, work recently and, and since I was a kid was to try and, um, you know, repattern and almost reparent and, um, you know, look at how some of those stories don't serve us and, and definitely leading from the gut or leading from the heart or, you know, trying to really be still with decisions we have to make and not be led by everyone else's opinions um, has been a really important kind of theme of my life. And I can give you 20 examples of, you know, times people have told me not to do things and I've thought, but hang on a minute, like this is, this is keeping me up at night or I'm so excited about this or I, you know, I just like everything tingles, like every cell in my body is kind of getting this tingly feeling. So mm. I, I need to, I need to explore and I need to discover. So I think, I think that's a really important lesson. I think, I think entrepreneurs are generally, um, you know, they tend to be uh, naturally, um, they have a natural skill for, for doing that. And um, I, I think because I didn't have any formal education, I mean, apart from high school and the five minutes I spent at uni, um, and because I didn't have any sort of formal, you know, I didn't grow up in a small business environment, um, you know, I was, as I said at the start, just making it up. And, and a lot of that was was leading from, from the heart and making decisions, yeah, that felt right. Mm. I think that's great. And I think, you know, we can often, it can often, yeah, like you're saying, be, a good thing to not have to not have had you know too much experience because if you you know if you sort of did go down a more traditional path you could have had people saying oh no you can't do that or you got to wait till this or whatever it is and you know it's these people talking us out of what we want to do and I love what you're saying there as well about you know when I first went to acting school the very first day what I got what the teacher said was okay now before you do anything we need you guys to unlearn what you've learned for the last 20 years so you know reprogramming yourself to be able to think okay you know like because we're told and it's you know that's just how things are structured i guess but um it's often not conducive to uh thinking in a different way or people that want to do you know different things so i think that's yeah really really cool what you're saying yeah um are there so are there certain um thinking habits that you follow or have conditioned in yourself that uh, could be useful for other people to hear. Do you have certain things that uh, you could, yeah, share? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I'm in a fairly unique position and living the entrepreneur's dream in a lot of ways. As I said, um, having a wonderful team to run the business um, from the day to day and obviously being over here in California gives me some, most of my day to kind of think uh, and daydream a little bit and strategize about what I want for my life and what I want for the business. 
So I think really trying to find that space and time to be, whether it's alone or whether it's with a team of people, um, but for me being still, I, I meditate every day. I mean, I, I find it hard to meditate on the weekends because I have all the um, kiddos around and I can never quite find the you know 20 or 30 minutes that I need. But really just trying to be in stillness is a great way for me to think differently. Um, I work with my therapist or my coach every single week. So I've found that to be an extraordinary resource for reprogramming and um, you know, getting clear on, uh, yeah, belief systems and, you know, why I do what I do. And it's funny that, you know, the, the coach or the therapist I work with, I've worked with for the past probably seven years now. And you, you think, I mean, she's a business coach, right? So you, you go to her and you think this is a problem that's presenting in my business. It might be with managing people or leading people or, or whatever it is. And it always turns out to be something, you know, that, you know, is, is, is in you personally or some experience from the past. So it's never really about business. It's always that's the byproduct or the issue that you're talking about, but it always comes back to some self-limiting belief. So I've really found that, you know, talking to someone and um, being really honest with myself and being really hard on myself has been a great way for me to, um, yeah, to, to, to reprogram and to think differently and to, you know, create space for the unknown and to be comfortable in the unknown as well. Mm. So I think, I think, mm. Some of those things, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily always go hand in hand. I think people look at entrepreneurs and think they have to be full throttle all the time and they have to be, you know, hustling in the traditional sense of the word. And, and you know, I, I certainly started out my career, um, you know, working like that. I mean, it was, it was pre-kids. I was, you know, single and, and I had so much energy, you know, particularly in the ages from 18 to, you know, my mid to late 20s. And I, I could work seven days a week and I, I often worked 17-hour days and, it's not to say I didn't love that, you know, I, I knew no different and, and the whole idea of work-life balance just it wasn't around. It wasn't in our vernacular mm. at all. So, mm. you know, I, I, I did that, but now I'm just really obsessed with how we can achieve more with less and how we can, yeah, find stillness and, um, you know, a bit more peace rather than having to you know, work all the time and, and, and see work as a, as a chore rather than something that can be really joyful and fun. Definitely. And, and is it hard to find that? Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, so many levels of what you can talk about with balance, but in, in work, and especially, you know, being an entrepreneur, being ambitious, wanting to always, you know, a part of that mindset is that there's no end point, really, it's about, it's not about achieving a certain level, it's about just always improving and learning. But I'm always interested in how do you maintain that balance when it's so hard to like operate in the middle where it's like, okay, I'm doing this thing for the I hope for the right reasons and because it aligns with, you know, my values and it's, you know, it's the, I've got purpose behind what I'm doing and what I'm trying to achieve, but it's so hard. And I find this in the work I'm doing, I'm doing it for the right reasons, but then I'm daily getting caught up into wanting to compete with other people and wanting to achieve more and do this. And then, you know, you get anxiety about that and there's no end to that as well. How do you maintain that middle ground? Is that just, would you, my experience is it's just a daily, like anything, it's a daily process of filtering and being aware of it is you know have you have you found that's a hard thing to navigate yeah so i mean self-awareness is key for everything right and i think that's um you know again getting really real with yourself and being really honest with yourself um, about the stories we, we we tell ourselves is really important but for me i'm not ever trying to strive for a sense of balance because i think when you try and strive to be in the middle all the time or try and strive for that sense of balance and um, kind of equilibrium you, you just you just make yourself feel less than and like you're failing always right so I, I'm mm. never ever ever trying to get to a state of balance you know I'm always just trying to think 
okay, how can I be a little bit more mindful here? How can I be a little bit more whatever, insert whatever adjective you want, right? So I'm not trying to get to sort of a state because you, you, you can never. I mean, sometimes the day works out that way and you get a lot done. You feel like, oh, cool, I can take an hour off and I can do whatever I want. I can go to the gym, I can go for a walk, I can see my partner, I can do whatever. But it, it, it life doesn't work like that. So I'm trying to learn more and more that we can't control anything and you know, just to try and be in the flow of life. Maybe it's sounding a bit woo-woo for you, but um, it's really just about, I don't know, just, just having more grace with ourselves and also just easing into whatever's in front of us. So when I mm, get the mm. thing, you know, I think um, my younger self was, was um, you know, a lot more swayed by what other people were doing and, and trying to benchmark mm. my achievements against theirs. And, and I think I've, I've really matured you know, from there. And now I really just try and put my blinkers on and, and look at what I'm doing. And I, I spend very, very, very little time on social media. I don't watch TV. I, um, you know, I try and not get distracted with the things that are important and, and that matter. And that's, you know, if, if anything, you know, if you ask me, how do you, how do you manage having six kids and a, and a, and a thriving business and doing the other stuff that you do? It's like, I, you know, well, A, I don't try and do it all. I really try and, you know, make sure I have amazing people around me that can support me. Um, but I just, I, I really just do try and do the the important stuff and all that, all that comes back to mindset, right? Like how you view what is important and what can wait and what doesn't need your attention and what doesn't need your drama. You know, I mean, we, we talked um, in my first book, Winging It, I talked a lot about um, being pragmatic, not dramatic. So that for me has been a bit of a life motto. You know, yes. when something goes wrong, I don't sort of, oh, call on my friends and have a, you know, complain about it and whine about it. I just say, okay, great. What needs to change? Didn't work out this time. Let's make a strategy for moving forward. So I yeah. think, yeah, it's it's nice to, to, I don't know, emotionally mature and grow up a little bit and understand that everything's out of your control and we just have to go with what's in front of us and, yeah, try and get about your day with a bit more um, ease and grace. I like that, ease and grace. Yeah, no, I absolutely love all that advice you're giving there. And it, it is, it's like what you said. I think you, when you do, and it probably comes from life experience, and I've sort of started to become more like that, where I used to get so dramatic about everything and you talk to people about all these problems and it becomes, you know, neurotic after a while and, and you don't even realise you're doing it. And then you sort of look back and you're like, you know, did that actually fix anything or was I, how, how much time, energy, effort, emotion did I waste by just projecting all this stuff when you can quite simply look at it and think, okay. Like, and a lot of, a lot of this is like um, when it comes to um, our mental health, a lot of it, or, you know, stress and anxiety and overthinking, it's a lot of it's sort of black and white. It's like, is is worrying about this going to change the situation or talking about it? no it's not okay well uh what can i do okay i'm gonna i'm gonna focus on that because thinking about it and complaining won't change anything and i think the more you practice that like anything you get you just get better at doing it but i i and i absolutely love the other thing you were saying before as well with um i think where you know there's a fine line with all of this and in the wellness industry and all these mindfulness experts and people talking about you know you've got to find this balance and do this and do that and you know it becomes this competitive weird you know seeking per perfection about a thing that's meant to be about re realizing that we can't be perfect there's no th no such thing and you can't if you start being rigid about everything it's not going to work and you know like you were saying it might be you know what right now my my life isn't that healthy in terms of all the things i'm doing for myself but i know for the next three months this is my priority because that's going to lead to blah 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 and i'm going to accept that i can't do this right now but i'll come back to it and again it's just 
the number one thing, you know, like what you're saying is self-awareness, you know, being honest with yourself and, and I think, you know, just being open about things and, you know, that's all we can really do. Absolutely. And, and adding one more to that, it's about being, being gentle with yourself, right? Being kind. Yeah. Or idea of kindfulness, you know, is sort of superseded mindfulness, Mm. like, just going easy on yourself and knowing that you you are doing your best. And if you if you're not, well then being again mindful of that and being aware of that and trying to do better every every day, you know. And I think I heard a speaker once, um, she spoke to business chicks and she talked about how we often compare ourselves to ourselves 15 years ago, you know. So you might be thinking, oh, I used to go to the gym every day <laughs> back 15 years ago. And and she said, you know, the only thing that you should be doing is comparing yourself from yesterday. And I love that. And I thought that's, um, you know, I'm really going to take that and, and run with it because it also, when you direct the attention to yourself and, and you know, what you, what you did yesterday, what you achieved yesterday or how you were still yesterday, it takes a focus on comparing yourself to everyone else and it takes a focus on perhaps what you used to do 100 years ago. So I think that's a nice bit of advice as well. Exactly. No, such a good bit of advice because it's just sort of, it, it's insane to be comparing it to, you know, 15 years back. It's like, well, what's this going to, achieve for me and I think as well when you're having a and sometimes it's just accepting again like you're saying just I'm having a bad day I don't feel well okay that's okay I'm not going to dwell on this I'm having a bad day maybe I'm going to just take the afternoon off and you know what I'm going to go to bed and tomorrow's going to be better you know it's just like it's sort of instead of trying to like fight everything all the time it's like it's you know not not making it into such a, a big issue um or such a dramatic issue like what you were saying yeah Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. On, on that topic, um, how, how did you, what, what's your experience been with, um, with COVID and navigating, I guess, everything in your business as well? It sounds like a lot of what you do has been uh, in-person sort of events and things like that. Has that been... That must have been a process to sort of find a middle ground with all of that. Oh yeah, it was it was tremendously impactful for us. Obviously, um, as a community business that makes revenues off of live gatherings and bringing people together, so yeah, we really had to sit down and look at what we were going to do differently. And I remember sitting down with my leadership team, you know, very in the very early stages of um, you know when when it was announced as a pandemic or, or named as a pandemic. And, you know, the first question I said to the team was, you know, who do we want to be seen as when this is all said and done? How do we want people to um, recall our behaviour or or recall the impact that we made? So really trying to set that intention of who we wanted to be. And, you know, what came back was like we wanted to support people. We wanted to to dial up that connection. We wanted to make sure that we felt like they, um, our members felt like they had our support and that we were seeing and hearing um, their needs. So we did a lot of online meetups we pivoted all our offline excuse me events into digital events um which were really great at the start you know we had four or five thousand people joining us for our online events and and that was really fun I mean it's really natural that we're all experiencing zoom fatigue now and so that's died off a little bit but really trying to um you know meet our members with their needs so again those online meetups are really really important and 
you know, content was really important and trying to be encouraging and um, uplifting and, and positive as much as possible without minimizing what was going on all around the world. Um, it was at the start, it was very, very different, obviously, for us being over here in um, America. Our schools were closed for 13 months. So I had the extra job of not only saving my company and, and trying to be a leader for all my team, but also homeschooling five kiddos with a, with a newborn baby and a newborn. So that oh was... Oh, my um, God. I, God, listen, that's I, like, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. A de- it's a definition of hell is what it is. It's, um, <laughs> I think we have a little bit of PTSD from it. I, I think I was just totally in survival. I didn't even realise what was going on at the time. It was, it was yeah. horrific. But, um, we got, we got it done and our schools went back uh, a few weeks ago. So it was really nice to see all the kiddos, you know, go off in their little school uniforms and actually be back on campus. So that was fantastic. And, um, you know, my heart does break for um, the Australians right now who are in this you know, mm. constant cycle of lockdown and, it's it's awful. So I can I can definitely um, you know I'm I have a lot of compassion for that because we were in it for such a long time. But mm. you know I, I feel like we 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 have been um, you know a business that's been growing and you know we we have a legacy of fifteen years of serving people and serving our members. So people met us with loyalty and um, you know that's been really beautiful to see them. Um, you know, still continue to be members and show up for different things and support each other. So that's been really, really brilliant. Um, but I do, I'm not going to lie, Nick, like I look forward to a day when we can event again and hug each other yeah. and high five each other. And, you know, I think that's been, um, you know, a real, a real miss for a lot of people. And I think, um, you know, my COVID experience personally has been, um, it's been really um, confronting in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm sure it's been confronting for most every human on the planet, but for me, to look at the things that I used to use to distract myself from what was really going on, right? So, um, you know, getting up and, and going to Australia for two weeks at a time, you know, four or five times a year or, um, I, I, you know, I'm sure there's a million yeah. other examples, but, um, you know, we, we as humans use things to soothe and to numb pain by distracting ourselves. And when you can't do those things, you know, it, it's your reality kind of surfaces in it. And, you know, you've either got an opportunity to deal with that or, or not deal with that. So I found, I found that very, very confronting personally. Um, but, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed the study of that and, and trying to understand, you know, why I do certain things. So um, mm, yeah, that, mm. that's been my, my sort of COVID experience. Yeah. I, I say it with a little bit of, um, you know, in past tense, because I really feel like we're kind of through it here, but who knows, who, who knows, please God, we can, yeah. yeah, stay out of lockdown and continue on the way we're doing. I mean, I don't know if you've travelled in the US that much recently, but all the domestic airports are full and, um, you know, flights are packed and it's 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 sort of a, um, yeah, business is not usual, but certainly there's been a huge return to, um, yeah, travelling and, and life as it was pre, pre-COVID. So who knows? Yeah, definitely. No, I've um, <clears throat> been travelling a little bit at the moment and I was, yeah, really surprised. And even, I don't know, it would have been... The first time I travelled within the US was maybe three or four months ago, and even then, I think maybe three months ago, I, was, I remember going to the airport in New York, and it's just like packed, and it sort of feels like it's back to back to normal. So, like you're saying, I think it probably is, you know, on the up. Who knows? But um, we can only, I guess, it's it's all yeah, a lesson. And I, you know, I love how honest and you know vulnerable you are talking about your experience there too, because you know that helps people to, to realize that that you know it's so it's okay to um struggle and um talk about these things and, and learn through you know use it to learn because i i think i found a similar thing where 
I've done a lot of work on myself and work in that area, but then, you know, you realize, hang on, there's all these different things that I still struggle with. And, you know, rather than trying to um, pretend, it's just be honest about it and look at it as an opportunity to learn more and grow. And maybe you can't change everything, but, um, you know, we can only do our best. But yeah, I don't know how you, you know, manage the, the kid thing because I I can barely feed myself and I'm a single guy living over here. I can, I, you know... I struggle to keep myself alive, so I don't know how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, what what's your what's your view on sort of where the world is heading with you know social media and mass media consumption and you know the mental there's a lot of mental health problems that come from that. I know you said before you you don't use those things often yourself or you're not looking on it often which i think is really healthy because it can be negative but do you yeah where do you do you you know and technology i guess in general i mean it's causing it's obviously giving us so much more opportunity and we can work remotely and do things but there's a huge negative as well you know what what's your view on on that and, and how we can manage that i think it's going to be different everyone's strategy is going to be different and unique um you know an individual for me i just know that when i start scrolling i start going into uh, you know, a, a dangerous place where I get triggered by, you know, this whole idea of comparing and despairing. So it's it's not for me. So I've really tried to uh, train myself to use social media for, um, you know, as a force for good, if you like, or when I need it, or um, you know, when I'm feeling strong. But I just know that it's it's not that great for me, and I can I can easily lose half an hour of time. So I've always been someone in my career and in my life that guards time as my greatest asset, right? So I'm really, really, really committed to using my time as best I can. And um, you know, again, we circling back to this, we're being as mindful about how I'm spending my time and and using it. So yeah, social media. I mean, we obviously as a brand, we use it all the time, and we have people who are very, very skilled. And, and wonderful at brand building through social media. Um, and, you know, yeah, it's, it's a terrific time we live in, a massive opportunity for so many um, entrepreneurs and, and no matter what, what you do for your career. But I think it's just really easy to fall into a rabbit hole and to fall into a trap of using social media as a distraction from what's really important, what's really, really going on. So I, I think it's just, you know, I mean, I've done digital detoxes before and I've done times when I've spent way too much time on, on social media. But I, I think, again, it's like the more you work on yourself and the more you go to your depths and the more you understand about your behaviours and, and what you want to get up to in the world and who you want to show up as a, as a person, you know, the more you realise that, uh, you know, scrolling and, and wasting time watching, uh, you know, too much TV or numbing whatever pain there is there is just is, is generally time wasted. So, yeah, again, just, just having a self-awareness yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Being aware of it because really time is the most precious, you know, asset we have. We can, you know, you can make money back, you can sort of, you can fail at things, you can, you know, but you can't get time back. So if you're sort of sitting there and if you're thinking about it, and I still do it, I'm like using social media to promote all my stuff and I get stuck like looking at things and you're like, what the hell am I? Am I here? Am I here? <laughs> and then, then you get the week. You get those weekly reports and you just, you know, it's sickening. It's like how I've spent this much of my life, like looking at this thing. Like, it's like, what the hell? Like, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, actually, another another benefit of having kids is that you never actually have your phone around because they've always taken it. (laughs) I've gone without my phone for like a couple of days before I've remembered that I can do that, find my iPhone thing. But, you know, a kid's stolen and it's ended up under a mattress or in some toy box. And it's actually really lovely. I don't even go looking for it. But, um, you know, it's it's crazy how we can do without these things, you know, when, um, 
when push comes to shove but yeah I don't know yeah I don't know I think it's like anything we've got to use it as a tool to help us and and to know when it's taking over or um you know you're numbing or you're distracting yourself exactly it's yeah yeah it comes down to really you know the core things you said throughout a lot of this which is just you know self-awareness and and just f- trying to find okay you know like is this helping or is it not or what you know just being being aware of things really like we can't when we can never find the perfect solution but being aware is going to help us you know go a long way um so i I sort of finish every episode with five these same five questions before we go into that and these can be just sort sort of quick answers or whatever comes to mind but um before we go into that is there any final things sort of advice in terms of um just for people listening you know um in what they if if someone i guess like what i was going to ask you earlier that i forgot to ask was yeah as a final thing if someone is wanting something different and you know i know often as an entrepreneur in that area if they're wanting that but they don't know where to begin they feel stuck they don't you know know what their purpose is or what they really care about doing what when you're feeling stuck like that you know what would you say would be a good first sort of step to to um look at doing I mean, I think it's it's acknowledging that that's a real feeling and, and it's okay to, to feel that way. I mean, I've I had many, many, many times in my career when I felt uh, either stuck or overwhelmed or unsure or, um, you know, and, and, and just acknowledging that, that this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling really stuck right now or I'm feeling really, really overwhelmed right now and, and, and trying not to judge that those feelings and trying to just to sit with them is really, really important. Um, I think also that we can make the mistake of running around trying to find our purpose um, and trying to find our passion. I think, um, you know, for me, my experience has definitely been that I've stumbled into my passion and my purpose. And if I, if you'd asked me 20 years ago to sit down and write a list of what my you know what I'd have to tick to in order to fulfill my passion and purpose I would never have been able to come up with what I'm doing now which is you know um you know an embodiment of what I feel is, is my purpose on on this planet so I think we spend a lot of time looking and um you know challenging ourselves and beating ourselves up for not knowing what our purpose is or what our passion is and I think again it comes back to this idea of you know you you will it's, it's all preordained it's going to happen you know your your life is going to unfold um you know whether you will it that way or not so you know just really to really relax into um the opportunities you're given and try and be kind and gentle to yourself um i mean i, I you know there are yeah. obviously things that we can control and that's the people that we put around ourselves you know the support networks that we have and trying to you know gently divorce ourselves from negative people who don't have us show up with our best self so i'm always you know i'm in a constant state of kind of analyzing who i'm spending time with and who i'm talking to and um you know whether i'm serving them and whether they're serving me so i think it's perfectly okay to be um you know be a little bit ruthless with whose energy we take in and, and who we hang out with so i think that's an important thing um you know, like I try and be a lifelong student. I, I educate myself all the time. I never, ever, ever, ever think that I have all the answers. I'm always the first one to put my hand up and ask a question. I'm not scared of looking silly. I'm not scared of not knowing everything. So I think having that endless curiosity is a really great mm. um, thing to work on. And, and and again, not being scared to um, question when you don't have the answers. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think... I think it's just um, not putting as much pressure as we do on ourselves to have it all figured out so quickly. You know, I mean, I, I like the idea yeah. of more life surprise us. And I think um, it was Liz Gilbert who said that, you know, make room for unexpected surprises and let your life surprise you. And I, I, I think when we live that way, it's it's a beautiful thing. 
Definitely. Well, it's like that John Lennon, I think it was John Lennon saying where it's um, life's what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. So it's sort of like, or or there's another one, you know, life life um, makes more sense backwards, but has to be lived forwards. So it's like, you can't, you know, and I think, I, but I, I really love what you, you're saying there. I love everything you've said, but, um, you know, I think we get so caught up in trying to find what's my purpose. I need to find the perfect thing to do. It's like, just if you, by doing things, you'll find and you'll go in a path that you didn't think you know you originally want it'll be different but that's that you know that's the exciting thing about life and you know i see it in the in the um like in in the entertainment industry and you know a lot of actors that i talk to have like built this thing that i have to be an actor there's nothing i care about more and they're so rigid in it and you and these are really creative people that could you know you can sort of see talking to them so many other things they could do or within that realm but it becomes this rigid thing which i think so even once you've sort of found what your purpose might be you can still be flexible within that uh, rather than just suffering through no it has to be this way i've created this narrative in my head this is what it's got to be that that causes you know uh, that that doesn't lead to uh, it's not conducive to you know um success a lot of the time or joy or anything yeah so it's sort of I guess, again, being flexible and thinking. But anyway, um, I'll go into these questions. And before I, just before I do that, for anyone, I'll put this in the show notes, but anyone wanting to learn more about you or purchase your book or you uh, look into your uh, business, um, what, where can they go? Where's the easiest place for them to go? Yeah, okay. They can find us um, on Instagram, I guess, at Business Chicks, or I'm just Emma Isaacs on Insta as well. So I'd love to hear from any of your audience and, um, yeah, support in any way I can. Okay, great. Well, yeah, we'll put all those links in the um, in the notes for the show. Uh, so, yeah, finally, just um, these questions. These can be sort of, yeah, like I said, one-line answers that we sort of finish every episode with. But, um, yeah, the first one is uh, what is the best childhood memory that comes to mind oh that's a great one um my dad used to come home every night from work and hide toys all around our house and we used to play you get a flashlight out and we play spotlight trying to find the toys so that was a good i love that i love that it reminds me of when my dad used to bring us home like ninja turtles from work and you know i still remember it so so vividly because you're so excited like waiting for the waiting for him to come home um what do you think is currently one of the biggest burdens on mental health in society um that's a really really good question um i think still i still i think it's a stigma i think it's a stigma uh that um you know mental health is only reserved for or a lack of mental health is only reserved for one area of the population or one part of the population. So I think the stigma and breaking down that and having conversations and making sure that um, we have those conversations in our families and our relationships and our workplaces um, and right across the board. So I, th- I think I think that's the biggest thing that we can all work on is being open and vulnerable and having more conversations. Yeah, I, I think that's a, yeah, I love that answer. Um, what would you say... Uh, or sorry, do you think um, things are going to improve in the next sort of ten years plus in in society in general when it comes to mental health? Like, do you think things will uh, get better, or do you think sort of it'll be a combination of um, yeah? Where do you see it heading? I don't know, babe. I mean, I think hard to know. It's hard to know, isn't it? I mean, 
it's just so interesting that our generation is so um, aware and, you know, there's just no, no talking about mental health issues. You know, I spoke about it with my mum and dad and it wasn't, it was certainly never a thing in their workplaces. It was certainly never a thing in their communities of friends. So I, I wish I had a crystal ball to say. I mean, I, I love that we are finding tools and networks and resources and support um, but I think given, you know, the pressures that we put on ourselves and, and the way society is built, that we're only going to find that people are going to suffer more and more from mental health challenges. That's, that's what I think. But, I mean, I, I also think that we do, have, we do have the infrastructure and resources to be able to help each other and help others. So, yeah, I don't know. I think you need to talk to maybe a, <laughs> a psychologist or a, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? What do you, what's your opinion on that? Um, I agree with you. I think things. there's more awareness. There's going to be more resources. There's going to be more preventative services. I think there's going to, and people are becoming more self-aware. I think that conversation will change more and more. So I think that'll be a huge leap forward. But then I think um, it's like anything in life, sort of like you create something like technology and it brings all these benefits, but then a negative. So I think it'll sort of, with how the world's heading, all of that good stuff will happen, but then... Uh, because of where the world's heading, it'll cause more problems. So there'll be more sort of, um, you know, service out there to, which I think that's kind of weird. It's like anything in life. No, and if you sort of look back in history, everything's cyclical and everything follows a pattern. And anyway, this is a whole nother conversation, I guess. But um, <laughs> but that's that's what I think in, you know, in, in short, sort of what's going to happen. So probably, yeah, good and bad. Uh so final two questions here. Uh, what would you, for you, what, what is your personal definition of happiness? Ooh, uh, okay, that's a biggie, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I, I think my personal definition of happiness um, is being able to do what I'm good at. It's certainly about being able to find joy in small things, um, you know, noticing, uh, yeah, like I, I notice, I, I see like a, I mean, here we have hummingbirds and I love watching a hummingbird come to a plant and I love watching the way the sunlight hits the tree. So really noticing little things and trying to find joy in the small things. Um, and stillness represents happiness for me. Um, and just, I, I think, having a sense of pride um, of who you are as a person is a sense of happiness for me, a, a definition of happiness. Yeah, it's great. And it is, it's the small things like even being back in Vancouver, I was just thinking about this yesterday and I love it so much here and you've got mountains. I'm like looking at a mountain right now as I talk to you. And um, I was like, like this, that kind of like the important things are available to everyone. It's like, you know, why do I need to worry so much about all these, you know, things we're trying to achieve or whatever when it's just like, we've got it in front of us, all the important things already. So it's, yeah, it's all there, which it's nice. Um, so final one, uh, what is the or one of the most i'm sure there's lots of these um courageous thing that you've ever done okay um i've had all my six babies at home so i had six home births um no drugs uh, for anyone out there who knows um you know average baby weights my biggest baby was 10 pounds 11 ounces so it's huge <laughs> and i took that with no drugs and and um you wow. know my births were the, the six most extraordinary moments of um, my life and they've been very transformative for me and um, I've been able to draw a lot of power and strength from um, those experiences so I think that's probably the most courageous thing I've done times six times half a dozen <laughs> I think that's very courageous yeah that's incredibly courageous <laughs> um, 
Well, yeah, thank you so much for making the time. I know you're super busy and yeah, really, I've really enjoyed chatting to you. I've learned a lot and I'm sure every all of our listeners will take a huge amount out of it. So yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for setting the time aside to have this chat. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. This episode of Move Your Mind was produced and edited by Tim Boozer. Thanks to Emma Isaacs for joining me today for Move Your Mind. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.